Hello, everyone. I'm Zara Morali, a global investigations lawyer at Freshfields in Dubai. I'm joined today by Patrick Meany, head of enforcement at the Dubai Financial Services Authority, also known as the DFSA, which is the financial services regulator in the DIFC. Also joining us today is Anjum Jalal, Associate Director at the DFSA, and Shiraz Sethi, Regional Head of Employment Law at Denton's in Dubai. In this second podcast in our series about risk, compliance, and employees, we are discussing whistleblower issues, challenges, laws, best practices, and future directions. In general, there's no general duty for employees to disclose wrongdoing in the company. UAE law does enshrine some duties to report crimes. There are, for example, director duties owed to companies and under anti-money laundering laws applicable in the UAE and DIFC, reporting obligations exist. Also, in the DIFC, persons regulated by the DFSA as well as auditors and law firms, can have disclosure duties to the DFSA regulator. In at least two recent high-profile cases in the DIFC in 2019, whistleblowers were important sources of information. In this context, speak-up programs and whistleblower protections are crucial as a means for companies to monitor misconduct and manage risk in companies. Without them, indeed, employees may escalate their concerns through other means, such as, for example, regulators or the media. The issues become even more complex in some countries where employees have limited protection and may also risk loss of status in the country if they are dismissed from making a protected disclosure. Patrick, Why, from a regulator's perspective, are whistleblower protections and speak-up programs important in a firm's governance and compliance program? Thanks, Zara. Speak-up programs and related whistleblowing protections are important to a firm's governance and compliance because they provide an additional mechanism for early identification of misconduct, thereby reducing losses to clients and the firm and mitigating any reputational damage. The arsenal of misconduct prevention tools includes a firm culture that values integrity, a clear and effective risk management, compliance and governance framework, which effectively monitors and surveils um, for misconduct and good whistleblowing reporting mechanisms and protections. Firms that can demonstrate to the regulator that they have identified misconduct early and taken prompt and appropriate remediation action will likely get credit in relation to penalty and in the case of a rogue actor uh, may avoid a penalty altogether. Senior management and boards of DSA authorised firms need to recognise that the perpetrators of misconduct may be either traders, relationship managers, or other frontline or operational staff, or middle or senior management. In relation to traders and frontline or other operational staff, it's often the case that senior management will not know what those staff are doing on a daily basis. 
If they are engaging in misconduct, it is likely they will conceal such activities from the people to whom they report. They may also find ways to evade compliance monitoring. In such cases, it is likely to be their peers who have the greatest insight into what they are doing. And so encouraging those peers to speak up uh, and, and use whistleblowing mechanisms to report such activities will be crucial to early identification of such misconduct. On the other hand, if it is senior management who are the perpetrators or orchestrators of misconduct, as we have seen recently in a couple of cases in the DIFC to which Zara alluded, then they will likely sideline compliance and conceal their activities from the board, the auditors and the regulator. The challenge in this case is to provide a mechanism for other senior management or middle management who may become aware of such activities to be able to report them to the board, the auditor or the regulator without fear of retaliation. So an effective whistleblowing program has to both provide a suitable reporting mechanism about frontline and operational staff so that senior management are aware of what's going on, but also about senior management so that the board, the auditor or the regulator can be made aware of those activities. However, having whistleblowing reporting mechanisms in place will not be sufficient if staff do not have confidence that whistleblowing complaints will be taken seriously and investigated properly and thoroughly, or that as whistleblowers, they will not be fully protected. So in order for Speak Up programs to work well, firms will need to address both of these aspects. Shiraz, what risks do employers face when compliance systems fail a whistleblower? In my opinion, there are three inherent risks. Firstly, if the misconduct is not reported, there is the possibility of such actions becoming part and parcel of the workplace culture. Secondly, and as a result, there are likely to be some disgruntled employees who can use such decisions to retaliate against their employers. And lastly, in the UAE, there is a fear amongst employees of speaking up, as there is a distinct possibility that the employee's actions may lead to disciplinary action, or worse, being terminated, and therefore such an employee would lose their right to reside in the UAE, given the strict immigration rules. With this being the case, Zara, can I ask you what challenges you see companies facing around Speak Up programs? Thanks, Shiraz. Well, there's three key challenges that companies face, some of which Patrick alluded to earlier. The first I see is not having adequate channels for identifying risks. And these are risks which occur in day-to-day -day business, such as fraud, system abuse, financial crime, corruption, or even bribery. And speak-up programs help mitigate those risks because they provide a channel for people within a business to report misconduct. But the second challenge is that even when speak-up programs are in place, they aren't necessarily used. This occurs where there is no speak-up culture to encourage internal reporting. And the third challenge that I see is that even where there are speaker programs in place and they are being used, companies need to know how to handle issues when they arise. That's why it's useful to have protocols in place for internal investigations.
Turning now to the legal framework, Shiraz, how do you think that the law addresses whistleblower protections? The legal framework in the UAE, as well as the DIFC, whilst not fully developed as in other jurisdictions, has some provisions that could be construed as whistleblower protections. I will be discussing three of the key legislations. In terms of reporting obligations, the UAE Penal Code, UAE Federal Law No. 3 of 1987, contains a requirement that all individuals in the UAE are to report criminal activity. However, this is not rigorously enforced in practice. As the criminal law applies in the DIFC also, criminal sanctions need to be balanced with DIFC laws, and DIFC laws need to ensure that they are developed in a manner that does not breach the penal code. Secondly, the Financial Crimes Law, Dubai Law No. 4 of 2016, introduced a degree of whistleblower protection, where the disclosure is 1. True. 2. Relates to activity that may affect the economic security of Dubai. And 3. Is made to the Dubai Centre for Economic Security. Where a disclosure meets the criteria set out within the law, the disclosing party will be protected against prosecution and or disciplinary action. This law, however, is still very much in its infancy and remains to be tested to any significant degree. Whilst there is no requirement presently for DIFC firms to have provisions in place, the DIFC has taken strides in tackling whistleblower issues through the introduction of the DIFC Operating Law, DIFC Law No. 7 of 2018, which specifically includes an obligation to disclose certain conduct and provides for explicit whistleblower protection. Failure to disclose where the obligation arises can lead to a fine of $10,000. With regards to those making good faith disclosures in accordance with the law, those individuals shall not be one, subject to any legal or contractual liability, two, subject to any contractual, civil or other remedy, and or three, be dismissed from their employment or otherwise subject to victimization by the employer or any related person. Any contravention of such principles may result in a fine being levied in the sum of $30,000. Anjan, turning to you, with such legislation in place, what do you see as the future direction for whistleblower protection in the DIFC and the best practices that firms can start implementing to prepare for these changes? Thanks, Shiraz. This is a very relevant topic for the DFSA. And we're currently looking at whistleblowing practices in the centre and the changes we can propose that will enhance those practices. As part of that exercise, we looked at our enforcement cases and it very much confirmed what we knew from experience that employees, both current and former, play a very crucial role in reporting breaches and assisting in successful outcome of our enforcement cases. So we are very keen to, one, further encourage positive attitudes within firms for internal reporting, and secondly, have a well-promoted DFSA platform so that employees can report matters directly to the DFSA. In that effort, we are putting forward a number of proposals which discuss the standard of written whistleblowing policies and procedures in place at firms, appropriate awareness of the internal whistleblower processes, and also to ensure that employees 
current and those leaving are aware that they can report matters directly to the DFSA. Training is provided to relevant employees to ensure the integrity of the reporting system, with a particular focus on maintaining the whistleblower's confidentiality. For firms to maintain whistleblower register that will document all the reports they receive, how they were handled and the outcome of their review. That register will be provided to the DFSA on a periodical basis. And also, whilst the regulatory law already provides protection for people reporting breaches to the DFSA, we are looking at ways that we can add to those protections. And as part of the review process, the DFSA will carry out a survey or a consultation ahead of making any changes. So participation in that process is important to ensure that our proposed changes are appropriate and proportionate. So we encourage everyone to get involved in that consultation process. In terms of what firms can do now, I think it's a good opportunity for firms that already have a whistleblowing policy and practice in place is to review its effectiveness and have a fresh look at where improvements can be made, either in the policy or awareness. But what often takes longer is a shift in culture. And therefore, I think senior management need to take an honest look at how comfortable employees are in submitting reports and equally as important, how confident they are in the protections promised in the policy. And for those that don't have a whistleblowing policy in place, it's a good time to assess the appropriateness of designing and implementing one. Zara, can you expand on what companies can do to strengthen their whistleblower programs? Thanks, Anjum. You've raised some really important considerations for companies uh, to be thinking about now, given the future directions in the DIFC. I'll discuss three best practices for companies around speak-up programs. The first is the tone from the top around compliance, which is crucial in any organization because what managers say about compliance creates standards. Expectations and standards are important for building an organizational culture. What's culture? Culture is that invisible thing that we know we can't see, but we know all does exist. And it's just basically the way that we do things around here. So this brings us to the second best practice, building a culture of compliance. That's really important for shaping behaviors and habits in a work environment. Creating speak-up cultures, an environment where speaking about misconduct is encouraged and protected, is crucial for creating checks and balances and to ensure that compliance programs, speak-up programs, are working effectively. Third, best practices for speak-up programs themselves include anonymous reporting lines, where a designated person can communicate confidentially with an anonymous whistleblower if needed. This allows the identity of the person reporting an issue to be protected, while information can be collected to the extent needed. That means that the designated person can ask questions of the anonymous whistleblower to gather further information for a potential investigation. And this also helps create and protecting a whistleblower's identity from being disclosed is something that we should 
support globally or regionally across a company so that there is a kind of standard or expectation of protecting the anonymity of the whistleblower, no matter what local practices might prefer. Shiraz, from your experience, what can employers do to mitigate misconduct risks through Speak Up programs? Well, there are a number of steps employers can take to mitigate whistleblower risks, but I would like to focus on three key remedial steps. Firstly, employers must take proactive and preventative steps to manage whistleblowing issues, such as ensuring effective whistleblowing policies are in place. These need to be regularly reviewed and monitored and referenced by employers. Secondly, education, in my view, is of critical importance. All staff should be trained and encouraged to speak up, and employers must reassure them that it is safe to do so without any consequences, i.e. the employer will not take steps to terminate the individual for reporting such conduct. And lastly, something which I have alluded to earlier, and one of the biggest challenges facing employees in the UAE, is the risk of losing their job and the ability to remain in the UAE. This is something employers need to pragmatically manage And whilst it is a concern, having the whistleblower tools, solutions and legislative updates, which Anjam alluded to earlier, will go a long way in finding adequate solutions to this problem. Thank you all. We've had a really interesting discussion about whistleblower protections and speak up programs and the future directions for the DFSA. Thank you to our speakers for their informative discussion. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today.